We recognize integrity when we see it in other people. Integrity is tied to authenticity, and it's not something that's easily faked. In an era during which many of our leaders and many of our public figures do not model integrity, our world needs more people to claim integrity as one of their core values. The root word of integrity is integer, which is Latin for whole or complete. Integer is also the root word for integrate. When we live with integrity, we integrate all of the different facets and experiences of our lives and how we operate in the world so that our words and actions align with the truths that we hold dear in our soul and we live an undivided life. Integrity is one of the keys to what Brene Brown calls wholehearted living, which she describes as engaging with life from a place of worthiness. She writes, wholehearted living involves cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done or how much is left undone, I am enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I'm imperfect and vulnerable, sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I'm also brave and worthy of love and belonging. People who move through life with integrity and operate from an undivided, wholehearted posture are constantly doing their inner homework, which involves trying to see themselves and others as worthy. Because of this, wholehearted people tend to be gifted at being present with others and seeing others. Although our gospels abound with stories about Jesus performing incredible healings and miracles. There's one included this morning. They also paint a clear picture of Jesus walking through life as an undivided, wholehearted person who lived with integrity and treated other people the right way. We cannot do everything that Jesus did, but every single one of us can strive to be a good person who treats others the right way. This morning's gospel is a really quick story. It might seem easy to look past, but it has a few things to teach us about living as good people and treating others the right way. To begin with, and this will sound very basic, but I want to point out where the story takes place, which is in the synagogue. Jesus was a Jewish man that loved attending synagogue and was regular in his practice of faith. I'm sure that, like us, there were times that he stayed home and maybe watched the news. But there's enough stories to suggest that when the Sabbath rolled around, Jesus could more often than not be found among the congregation. Gathering with others to pray and to learn about God fed his soul and helped him integrate his life. It is vital that we identify our own spiritual practices that feel authentic to us and contribute to our inner growth 
Such practices are life-giving. And yet, as funny as this is to say out loud, Jesus did not make his living as a religious professional. And what I mean by that is that, as it's pointed out in this morning's gospel, he's neither a priest nor a scribe. He's a carpenter. There are multiple accounts, however, of him teaching when he's in the synagogue. And in this morning's text, Mark points out twice that Jesus taught from a place of authority. The message translates it as he was forthright and confident, not quibbling and quoting like the religion scholars. Jesus spoke from a place of authenticity, a source of wisdom that radiated from somewhere deep within him. He walked his talk. He lived his words. The takeaway for me is that Jesus breathed integrity and that others recognized it even at the very beginning of his ministry. God's love shone through Jesus so fiercely that people looked at him and said, I want to know what makes that guy tick. Whatever he's having, I need some of that in my life too. So in this morning's story, as Jesus is standing in the middle of the synagogue and teaching with authority, he's interrupted by a man with an unclean spirit. I want to remind you that Mark's gospel is our earliest one. This is the first time in scripture that we hear about Jesus recognizing and exercising some type of dark force. And it doesn't take place somewhere scary. And the darkness is not in something that has horns or a tail. But the first place Jesus encounters darkness is inside of a house of worship. And someone that presents a lot like you or I. This is no small symbol. But here's the kicker. Far from ignoring this man or kicking him out, Jesus stops in the middle of what he's doing and he makes himself available. Jesus looks into the eyes of this poor man who's in need and he doesn't judge him or concern himself with what the guy's done and wrong. But instead, Jesus sees him and because Jesus trusts that he himself, Jesus, is worthy, then he also believes that this man is worthy. And so Jesus makes himself present to him, and he speaks words of healing to him, and he sets the man free. It's a small act, a few short lines buried in the entirety of the Bible, but I can assure you it felt huge for this man. In my mind, these verses illustrate for us what Jesus came to do, to set us free, not from a physical place called hell, no matter how deeply ingrained that notion might be in us, but to show us the way to freedom and wholeness, how to live more like him, undivided, wholehearted, centered in God and oriented towards the needs of other people. 
This past week, three different people spoke to me about a new book written by our Capitol Hill neighbor, David Brooks, called How to Know a Person. Brooks writes, there's one skill that lies at the heart of any healthy person, family, school, community organization, or society, and that is the ability to see someone else deeply and make them feel seen to accurately know another person, to let them feel valued, heard, and understood. We are all searching for connection. We are all yearning to be understood. How can we learn to see each other and search for something large in each other, trusting that in turn we will discover something even larger within ourselves? In our New Testament reading this morning from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. There's no shortage of people in any of our lives puffed up with knowledge, perhaps even often wrong, though rarely in doubt. Our world needs us to cultivate lives that are undivided and wholehearted, to try to live with integrity, to care about seeing others and treating them the right way. It is true that we can't do everything that Jesus did, but every single one of us can strive to live our lives with integrity. In the name of God, amen.